Welcome to the Inspiration Accelerator, hosted by Michael Sonberg, founder and CEO of Rebel Culture and Skyrocket Education. Each week, we'll talk to a different, inspiring person in the world of leadership, personal development, career, family, fitness, and beyond. Buckle up for the Inspiration Accelerator. All right. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Inspiration Accelerator. We have another incredible guest coming your way in a few moments. His name is Darren Roberts. Guy is an incredible, he's a serial entrepreneur, incredible dad. Um, he's a, 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 an endurance athlete, um, and he started an incredible new company called Say No to Doubt, which we'll talk more about in a few moments. But before we get there, I start every episode the same way, just sharing some piece of inspiration or something that I've seen or heard or read recently that um, that resonated with me. And uh, I'll share this one. Um, it's a little it's a little close to my heart. Um, listeners to the show, listeners of the show know that uh, I have three kids um, and my seven year old Teddy has autism. And um, this weekend. Two of my kids, my other two, were invited on a play date, and Teddy was uh, was left out. And at first, my thought was, well, maybe um, there is no child at the house who's that age. But it turns out there is a there is a seven year old at the house, and uh, my nine year old and my five year old were invited, and my my seven year old wasn't. And um, my wife is very very upset about it. And so here's the here's the thing, um, you know, and and here's the piece of inspiration. Or I hope the the learning here is that um, it's uh, it's easy to look at that situation and say that the people who didn't invite him are are cruel or unkind. Um, I don't think that's the case, or at least I'm not going to go there. Um, maybe the seven year old's not around that day, or maybe the people are um, they don't know. If they, if we would just drop our son off and leave and they, they are not, they don't feel equipped to support a child with autism. Um, or maybe there's something different going on, but you know, what I've, what I've found in, in my life, and I hope this resonates with you all is that it's, um, we, we just, we shouldn't spend time making up stories and thinking that things are X when we don't have any proof that they're X. I know the people who invited, um, you know, Max and Penny over and they're sweet and kind and smart and caring. And I don't believe for a second that they would exclude uh, Teddy because of his autism. They, there's probably something else at work there. And, you know, there's enough kind of drama and struggle in the world <laughs> without us making up, making up stuff. And by the way, my wife is, my wife's off the ledge and she was just, you know, she's a, She's a protective uh, mama bear, and and, and I get it. Um, but uh, yeah, don't don't make up stories, right? Sometimes we have no idea what's happening on the other side for another person. We have no idea what's what's actually going on, and um, it's important that um, we assume the best of people and um, don't make um, you know my my one of my coaches calls it destructive imagination we don't let our destructive imagination get get uh, get carried away so anyway um i hope that was uh, valuable for folks out there um i love sharing these little bits of inspiration on the on the front end and um i hope you all are digging digging them as well all right folks i'm about to bring out an incredibly uh, inspirational person 
His name is Darren Roberts. He's a serial entrepreneur. He started a mortgage company. He started a tech company in the cannabis space. He just ran the Marine Corps 50K Ultra. Um, he's a he's a dad of two boys, married for 21 years. Just started a new company called Say No to Doubt, which we're going to talk a whole bunch about. And uh, he's just one of those people who's always looking to make himself better every day and to make the people around him better every day. And uh, we need, quite frankly, we need more of that in this world. So Dan Roberts, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? Uh, doing well, doing well, Michael. Thanks for having me on. Really, really excited to uh, to chat and, uh, and, and connect. Yeah, man. I love it. I love it. Tell, tell, I wasn't planning on asking you this first, but we'll start here, man. Married 21 years. Give us some tips. I'm, uh, I'm half, <laughs> I'm halfway there. I know we have some listeners who are, who are married or in relationships. What, uh, what's the key to, to, to staying together so long and to, and to still be passionate about it? You know, it's, it, it's, uh, interesting. I would say the number one thing is probably communication. Um, and, and that's something that, you know, when my wife and I met, you know, that was one of the things she brought to the, you know, to the marriage, you know, in terms of right away, she's like, you know, no matter how you're feeling, what you're feeling, um, communication is, is, is the number one thing that we need to make sure that we stay, uh, in tune with, you know, because we, we, you know, as human nature is sort of like, you think a certain way, you feel a certain way, things sort of build up. Um, and you know, as you sort of indicated in the first few minutes of, of the podcast today, like our minds start to go places, you know, and yeah. we start to really get all this energy in our mind that we were wronged or someone feels a certain way. And, um, by communicating and keeping the communication on a high level, um, you know, you realize that you know, it's about compromise and how someone may have felt. So that's really been our, our, our number one thing. And, you know, we also really focused on spending time together. When the kids were growing up, we had a, a, a rule. We had, you know, one night during the week, whether it was an hour, 45 minutes or two hours, we had a date night every Wednesday night. Mm. And then on a Saturday evening, we would always make sure that we went out um, with some friends. And I think sort of keeping that um, and, you know, in in your life was really helpful for us because it for, for us, and I imagine like everyone else, it's very easy to sort of get caught up in that routine of being at home, you know, cooking dinner, ordering in, watching Netflix, make sure the kids get to bed and just sort of sitting there and not talking. So that's just sort of one of the things. So I'd have to really come back to communication and really spending, you know, quality time. We're not just here on this earth at this stage in our lives to be parents, which has been the number one blessing. Uh, but we also have lives too in a relationship and husband and wife as well. So, so I would, I would definitely revert back to, you know, communication and spending time together. And it's, I think there's, there's a theme there right around intentionality and that, uh, and look, I have, I have, my kids are much younger than yours. And, and I, I imagine we have folks listening to the show who have, really young kids. And I, I get that. I'm not too far removed from it. I get what it's like when, you know, kids are waking you up at one in the morning and then again at three in the morning. I, I, I remember that, um, re, you know, pretty vividly. But to your point, Darren, there's an intentionality around like, hey, like, are we going to have like, let's have a date night. And how do we continue to strengthen our relationship? We don't just exist 
for the kids, right? We we actually exist in a in a in a different in in multiple different ways as well. And I think it's really important for folks to, you know, at least be cognizant of that. Um, because it's really, I mean, like your your job is in so many ways. I mean, look, raising raising kids is you know, it's incredibly important. And it, you know, for me, it's it's my most important job. But like I also have to like show my wife that I love her and tell her I love her and tell her she's beautiful and tell her how smart, like how smart she is and that she makes me a better person. If we're not doing that type of stuff, we could sometimes get, get lost in the, in the kind of the noise of the world around us. Right. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's very easy to get distracted. You know, it's interesting because when my wife and I met each other, just like any other, you know, it was just us two. You know, and we'd go to dinner, we'd go to the movies, we would travel, we'd be there and have conversations about stresses right. in life, work-related, health-related, you know, and just because the children come into our lives doesn't necessarily mean we just got to throw that out. Yeah. And um, I, I also found that, you know, by having these um, this communication and, and, and scheduling these date nights, it also unified us more and kept us growing together, which the byproduct of that is the kids see that, right? You know, having younger children, I mean, the children are so intelligent and actually in a lot of ways, they're very strong and, but they pick up on everything. So the fact that they sense comfort in the relationship Mm. that, you know, we've had, you know, my wife and I have had, you know, all these years. And as they were growing up, it provides sort of this sense of security for them as well to realize that, you know, their parents, you know, are there and they are aligned. And, you know, this was super important for me, Michael, because um, I was, as a child, I was a product of divorce. And um, my uh, my parents got divorced when I was four years old and my father left and uh, left town and had a relationship with him over the years. And my mom did such an incredible job raising us. Yeah. Uh, but it had an effect, you know, and you look back and you just sort of say to yourself, you know, I, I do have uh, recollections of some, stress and challenges, even as a young child, you know, dealing with that. And, you know, so for us, you know, these are some just for some of our previous experiences in life. Um, these are what this, that was what was really key for us coming into this, you know, my wife, the communication, um, spending time as a family, but also really taking time, you know, to spend time, you know, with ourselves. Yeah, that's really, um, resonates deeply. We, um, I had a guest on actually our first episode, John Mosley, and he talked a lot about really intentional parenting and making sure his children know that they're uh, that they're loved. And um, I wasn't I wasn't a product of divorce like uh, like you were, but when I think about my parents, like my house wasn't a calm place. Um, it was very very stressful. Um, my dad, who I, I love dearly, he's still with us, but was, you know, really just emotionally, um, volatile, um, and never knew what to expect. And, um, you know, uh, if you said the wrong thing, you're getting chased up the stairs and I, I can, you know, vividly remember locking myself in the bathroom and him pounding on the door and, and, um, and and that's a kind of like a more extreme example. But even, you know, um, if uh, if I left a light on in a room, just scream, I mean, screaming, right? There was a lot of screaming in my house, a lot of yelling. 
And uh, I, I just, you know, when, when we had kids before we, we did, I said, like, that's not, that's not going to be my children's reality. Making a mistake in my house was, um, was, was unforgivable. Um, if you made a mistake, you were going to get screamed at, but maybe worse, the, the story was going to be told to every single person uh, that, that, that we knew at every holiday party, my dad would, you know, regale, you know, 30 people with, you know, a story of something that, you know, a, a mistake, a misspoken word, a, you know, anything that, that anybody did wrong. And so I really had to undo a lot of that stuff and realize that, um, you know, mistakes are okay. Um, and that they could be celebrated and, really create for my own kids this environment where you know man like if you you know you spell a word wrong my my daughter uh penny um uh did something for school the other day and she spelled the word decoration and she spelled it phonetically so it was like d-e-k um you know uh, i forget what she had next but it was like you know it finished with decoration s-h-u-n um and uh you know if that happened in my house that would have been a, a story that was told for decades about, you know, how, uh, you know, how, how off she was. And for us, we were really intentional about like celebrating her for, for her effort and like how smart she was for, you know, uh, phonetically spelling it. And, um, it, you know, it all goes back to this, like this, this idea of intentionality and living with intention and doing things purposefully. And it's, it seems like, and I'm going to get to this 50k in a moment but man you seem like the the kind of guy who and i know this and you're, you're you're really intentional about the moves you make like you're really thoughtful about about the steps you take i mean is that accurate about you yeah you know for sure i think one of the things is that um you know for me i always really love the idea of pushing myself and setting goals that keep me focused on just achieving more um, and that's for me, you know, um, and I believe like with a lot of, you know, individuals out there, it's just such a powerful thing to take that step forward, you know, to have that, you know, consistency going, you know, um, and by the way, congratulations on, uh, uh, I heard you, uh, just finished running the, uh, Philly marathon a couple of weeks ago, which is phenomenal. <laughs> and yeah, know, to man. my point, I could only imagine how wonderful of an achievement and, you know, uh, that must have been. So, you know, I, I know what it's like to feel down, um, not have purpose, mm. be stressed. And I've gotten in my life, I've gotten to some of those ruts where it'd be like, okay, you're on the couch, order a pizza, eat some dessert, yeah, have some drinks. And, you know, then start thinking about, I don't feel great about myself stressing about work? Am I good enough to own a business? Am I really all these different things? And I found myself sort of getting deeper and deeper into a hole of sort of, you know, depression and anxiety in that moment. Like, what mm. am I doing? And so I've, since I've experienced some of those things over the years, it's one of those things where I just know that's not the way I want to feel. And um, so for me, when I come and I start to think about goals and different things that I want to do, whether it's been business related or, um, you know, endurance or race related, I make this, you know, commitment with myself that if I'm going to go ahead and, and, and focus and sign up, let's say for this 50K, 
I'm going to do whatever it takes and there's no excuse and I'm doing it barring obviously injury or any health issues. Yeah. One of the things that's so, so interesting is, so one of my friends mentioned this to me a couple of years ago and I always, always remember it. And it's sort of like, you never regret a workout. And, (laughs) and, you know, you may, you know, for me, when I was training for this, if it was a run for four miles or I had to do an 18 mile run, all the excuses were just brewing through my head. Well, it's one run. I don't necessarily need to do that. I don't want to do it. Why am I even doing this 50K? What's the purpose? You know, all these doubts (laughs) entered my mind. I've got kids, I've got business, I'm traveling, you know, a lot of every excuse you could possibly imagine. And the one thing that really came out of each one of those training sessions was that when I was done, I felt incredible. And to me, that feeling at the end of that training session, you know, where it got to a point where, you know, I would audibly tell myself how proud I was of myself, you know, great job. You, you would say that, you would say that out loud. You would say, Oh yeah. Loud. Oh yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I'd be done. And I'd be like, you fucking did it. I am so proud of you. Wow. And, wow. 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 And, you know, so for me, it's one of these things where, I know how I will feel on the other side. I can feel that. And that's what helps me push through some of the challenges and discomforts of getting to the other side. Yeah. And and that's brilliant, man. And I I just want to lift up that one point because it's it's something I don't do a good enough job at. And it's something that I think for for our listeners will, will really resonate. But this idea of like saying to yourself, like, good job, man. Like you did it. Like, congratulations. I think we're... Uh, by human, it's human nature, maybe, or maybe we're just conditioned. I don't know, but I think we're hard on ourselves. We put ourselves down. We um, we look at ourselves in the mirror and, and look at all the things that are, are that are wrong versus all the things that are that are right and perfect. Um, and that the fact that you are audibly telling yourself, "Good job, congratulations, man, you fucking did it," as you said, that's a huge. A huge deal. I mean, talk to us about. I mean, the fifty k is thirty one miles. Is that correct? Yeah, thir- uh, thirty one miles. Yeah, so thirty one miles, right? So making me, uh, you know, I, I couldn't imagine at the end of my marathon running another five miles, but uh, but you did. Um, what? Why? Why did you do that? And what was the experience like? So, um, I I did it because. In 2012, I trained for the New York Marathon. So 10 years ago. Okay. And it was actually a pretty funny story. Um, You know, sad story in terms of the circumstances, but a funny situation for me personally. So it was the the Friday night before uh, the, the New York Marathon in November in 2012. And as we know, Unfortunately, I mean, Hurricane Sandy came into New York and absolutely devastated like Staten Island and a big part of the New York Mm -hmm. area, which I know you're familiar with. Sure. And so I'm at dinner Friday night. Is the run going to be on? Is it not going to be on? And at this stage, we basically decided that my wife and my two boys weren't going to come because if the race was even going to continue, it was going to be a little bit of a different feel um, under the circumstances. And on the one hand, it's like, you know, were they going to cancel the race? Or on the other hand, was it going to be sort of this, okay, despite the challenges, what a great time to bring a community together and, you know, create awareness and help and all these different things. So I'm sitting at an Italian restaurant near my house 
on a Friday night, two, two days before the race. And um, I get a, uh, I, we order and I ordered grilled salmon, uh, <laughs> water yeah. and dry whole wheat pasta, nothing on it. And okay. so we're eating and, you know, all around me, you know, my kids, of course, you know, at the time, at this stage, my, my kids are, uh, I guess they're 12 and nine at the time, you know, so there's pizza and there's chicken parm and, and all these other things. And I get a, uh, I, the phone rings and it's my mom. And she said, I just saw on CNN that they canceled the New York marathon. Oh, wow. Wow. And then I got confirmation from a couple of my buddies that were doing it. So I hung up the phone and the waiter came over and I said, yes, um, I would like to have a vodka, please. And then I grabbed my, <laughs> and I grabbed my son's chicken Parmesan and started eating it. So yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, you know, I feel like I don't need to have the, the, the dry pasta at this stage. So, no, 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 no. So what got me thinking is that I did it the following year. So I trained twice for one marathon in 2013. And it was such a great feeling, but I was so focused on getting through the run that I didn't really appreciate the environment. Yeah. And the environment where I was running, going through the different boroughs and communities and just, it was incredible. Um, and I feel like I could have appreciated it so much more. And I believe by being more focused on that environment could have actually made my run a lot more enjoyable. So um, that was that was 2013. And I just sort of toyed with the idea of doing something again, maybe New York. But I wanted I did the marathon and I wanted to challenge myself. So fast forward nine years and uh, um, I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. Yep. And so to be able to go and to, um, you know, uh, register for the Marine Corps. But when I was going to register it, there was a marathon option, but then there was a 50K option. Wow. And, you know, I thought to myself, you know what, let's do this. Let's go for it. So I uh, went in, I, I, I signed up for it and that was it. And there was no, there was no turning back. And so I think it was a combination of pushing myself to experience an ultra but also at the same time, coming back and really wanting to be present in that experience, I felt there'd be no better way to do it in my hometown, running through the streets of where I grew up as a kid, where I went with my parents, seeing the monuments. And then I can't even begin to tell you the impact the, the Marines who volunteered for this, you know, had on myself and everyone involved in the race. It's, it's an, it's a surreal uh, moment and experience. And if, you're ever, ever proud to be an American and so fortunate to live in this country, you realize that instantaneously how blessed we are running, you know, running that race. Holy cow, man. So it's such an, like, what a cool journey. I mean, like the, the, the race itself, but from the hurricane Sandy canceling the, the New York city marathon, which is interesting, man, because I was living in, uh, even though I'm a New Yorker, I was living in Philadelphia at that time. And, uh, we went, we went up to, you know, help friends whose houses had gotten, uh, demolished. Um, and, uh, you know, whose I mean, their cars got washed away and, uh, and, and, uh, I, th I didn't even think that the marathon and I wasn't, I wasn't, um, doing any sort of endurance athletics at that time, but, uh, now that you say it, like I vaguely remember the New York City Marathon getting canceled. Um, but the fact that you went back the next year and then, you know, nine, 10 years later, are like, hey, man, I'm going to I'm going to run this race in my hometown. 
Um, that's that's just a, what a, what an interesting kind of path you took there. And I, I think that there's there's really a lesson here around like you know because you're you I mean you're, how old Darren? How old are you again? Fifty one. Fifty one. You know, I, I know that there are people listening to this. You know, I'm, I mean, I just ran, I just ran Philly Marathon. I'm 48. Um, like, this is not, this doesn't have to be a young person's game, right? And I, th- I think that we're, you know, 48 and 51 are probably the new, you know, 28 and 31 or whatever, whatever it is. But like, this doesn't have to be a young person's game, right? Like, you can run a, a 31 mile race at 51 years old. Um, if you, if you want to, I mean, assuming that you're, you can keep yourself healthy, but that's, that's, um, I mean, that takes a lot of tenacity, man. A lot of self-belief Were there times when you, you mentioned it with your training, were there times when you doubted yourself, when you, when people around you doubted you? I mean, I know I had people telling me like, dude, what are you, what are you running a marathon for, man? What, what's the point? Like who, who you know, it's like, you're, you're going to get hurt. Like, one person was even like, you got a wife and kids to think about. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to die. If anything, I'll, I'll blow my knee out. I'm like, I promise you, I'm not, I'm not going to die. But we, we, did you doubt yourself? Did people doubt you? Did it feel like, like what's the point of this thing at any, at any uh, time in the process? Yeah. You know, I think once I signed up, it's, it's interesting. And I've had some, uh, you know, friends who, who, who are far more uh, uh, endurance, you know, athletes, if you will, uh, than, than I am, but I, I had some, some people, it's like, there's this excitement and this incredible experience where you go and you hit submit and okay, great. I'm signed up for the 50 K or maybe the way you felt when you signed up for the Philly and it's like, great. And, you know, I'm telling my wife and a couple people, and this is what I'm doing. And I feel amazing. And then I wake up, you know, a couple of days later, I'm like, holy shit, I got to train for this thing now, <laughs> you know? So, and I think that's really where the growth was, you know, for me, I mean, when you said it, I, you know, 51 looks a lot different to me in my eyes today than it did as a, you know, a 12 year old little boy looking up at, you know, what a 50 year old or six year old was at that time. Right. Right. And, and, um, you know, so for me, it was, um, number one, I couldn't agree more with you. You know, the most important thing is can your body physically take it from a health perspective, you know, and not to sound cliche, but I think it is important before embarking on something like this, just make sure you're, you're good. Your doctor says, Hey, go for it. You know, yeah, whether yeah, or not yeah. they agree with what you're doing. Right. Right. You know, that's a separate story. And the same thing for friends. Like, you know, I think in a lot of ways, what's interesting is that throughout this process. And one of the things I did is I kept this really close to the chest. I didn't really talk about it too much. Really? Um, <clears throat> I just sort of wanted to go ahead and I wanted to, uh, you know, just wanted to go ahead and I wanted to do it. And um, in doing so, um, you know, for me, it was one of those things where there was going to be no turning back. And as it built and built and built, I just felt more and more comfortable, you know, with, with what I was doing. If I can run 22 miles in the summer in Florida by myself with no music, which was insane, which is you a different trained, story. Trained, I'll you tell you about without that. Music? You trained without music? Trained without music. It wow. was wow. the most, it, it, it actually really helped me. The depths of my mind and how I was so deeply able to go and think about things. And in a couple of times I did put my headphones in, whether it be a podcast or music throughout the process. And every time I did it actually was distracted. Really? And yeah. And the quiet really, really um, 
you know, really worked, uh, worked well for me, but I'm a big believer and I've learned so much from reading and also just talking to so many incredible people that I've been fortunate enough to, you know, come into my life over the years is the mind is just, is the most important. And, you know, what separates one's ability to achieve and succeed, you know, versus someone else is, you know, so much tied to, to mental strength. And, you know, you can see it in players in the NBA or athletes like uh, Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, you know, a lot of these guys are so incredibly talented, right? Then the, the separation between them is minimal right. in terms of their physical capabilities, but where the true separation is really in the mental. And, and I'm a big believer, if you want to do it, you know, you, you, you can do it. And uh, that's what keeps me going. I love it, man. Well, well, you have a company. Um, you have a company that you just started called "Say No to Doubt," and uh, I, I, I'm fascinated by this idea. And uh, I think our our audience will be as well. Can you speak to folks? What is the what's the the impetus for starting "Say No to Doubt"? What do you all do? What do you all want to learn about? Like, talk to us about about the company itself. Yes. Yeah, so I think doubt you know, is really is a killer for people's lives and dreams. And uh, growing up, uh, <clears throat> you know, as a teenager in the 80s, uh, Nancy Reagan was the uh, first lady and yeah. she started an initiative called uh, Say No to Drugs. Yeah. And uh, I always looked at doubt as a drug um, because I think it really impedes and holds hold people back from living a life that they really aspire to. And uh you know, I always had this thought process, why not me? You know, why do I have to look and see that, you know, you know, Michael, you ran the Philadelphia Marathon. Like, why can't I do that? Or why can't I run a 50K? Or why can't I start a business? And we live in a world today where I, for me personally, I think we all sort of feel like everyone's got it better. You know, someone's wealthier, healthier, has a better marriage, um, <clears throat> And, and, and lives life significantly better than we do. But the reality is, is that that's just what we see. You know, everyone experiences doubt. Um, <clears throat> everyone has anxiety to a certain extent. And the difference between living a life that one wants to versus not, in a lot of ways, I think is basically deciding to do it. And everyone that we look at in our lives who's built businesses have had doubt. So for me, it's all about what can we do to empower ourselves? And one of the biggest things that really helped me a lot as I started businesses, grown businesses, done some of these, um, you know, races is the idea that we all believe in this premise that everyone has it better than us. And the, the reality is, is that they don't. And I think that by people sharing their stories, mm. they basically have the ability to empower others to go ahead and move forward and try and accomplish some of those things. Like, how do you overcome doubt? And I've got this thing that goes in my mind that I think about a lot is I never, I, I only want to see people succeed. I never want to see people fail. But knowing that people struggle, struggle and at times have some challenges makes me feel better about myself to know that I'm not alone and that it's normal. 
So I think say no to doubt. And one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it and launch it and bring it into the world is by people sharing their experiences and how they overcame doubt, I think can empower so many to get to that next stage and to basically start taking that first step, you know, to achieve in their lives. We live in a world right now where we look at social media and it just gets worse and worse. Everyone's has a perfect life. You know, we all see those posts and we know someone that posts this, that, you know, they're on a private jet, they're on this island, they're traveling here, they're at this restaurant. Meanwhile, you know, they just filed bankruptcy. (laughs) You know, meanwhile, you know that they're just about to get divorced, but they present themselves like they've got the perfect relationship. And that's not good mentally. And as we scroll through all these social media platforms, it gets worse and worse and we become more and more addicted to seeing that, but we get lower and lower and lower. So by sharing people's um, experiences and stories, whether it's a mother who you know, wants to be more in her life than just being a mother um, and decides to start a business uh, or whether it's someone leaning in and saying, you know what, I've always wanted to do this race or start this business or be this parent. That's really the impetus for my desire to launch and why we're launching Say No to Doubt is to share stories and enable people to sort of hear them so they can take other people's experiences, apply it to their own and really empower themselves and overcome doubt, which is really what the goal of the, of, of the company is. Yeah. I love this mission that you're on, man. Um, First of all, it's inspiring as, 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 as hell, man. I mean, this, you're really trying to get at the heart of, I mean, this is how I hear it. The heart of like, um, you know, people's emotions and those things that we tell ourselves when nobody else is listening. I mean, you, you talked earlier about, you know, congratulating yourself after, after a run or after a great workout, but there's the other side of that, which sounds like I shouldn't, I can't, who, who am I to do X? Nobody will care. Nobody will listen to me. It's easier to do what I'm doing now. Like, I mean, how many people are doing things right now that are that are that are things that they don't want to be doing. Um, but but because of, of doubt, because of like, I, I don't I don't know if I can, I'm I'm afraid to 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 do to do something different. That they, they, they stay in that they stay in that place. And I don't I don't say that as a judgment. I say that as like what you're the, what you're bringing to people and what you're you're going to illuminate for people through this company is that is is normalizing these feelings of 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 insecurity normalizing these feelings of of um you know um you know not feeling not feeling uh you know able to do something not feeling you know that you are the, the, the that you can provide value for for others I, I one of my you know pet peeves is you know when i pass a a, a billboard that says like live fearlessly and you know, like, oh, it's like, it's just like, no, like nobody lives fearlessly, right? Like we're all afraid all the time, right? And I just think it's such a smart idea that you are trying to lift up for people that these, that the, that this doubt, that this, you know, um, you know, these feelings of, of being incompetent or, you know, these feelings of, you know, not, not believing in ourselves, that these are normal, um, but that there's, there's something great potentially on the other side of that. Such a smart idea, man. And what about what value you're providing to, for the, you know, to the world, man? Amazing, amazing. Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate it. I mean, the only difference between you 
building an incredible, really inspiring podcast versus someone who's thinking about doing it is that you, st- you did it right? right. You started right. it. Yeah. It's very easy to say, well, why am I going to do a podcast? And I think that's sort of the view on life. And I think, and, and thank goodness you did because you're bringing, you've got great guests and you're bringing out so much incredible information that your audience, you know, is able to sort of digest and, you know, each, each, each podcast episode. And I think that's just sort of a key factor that goes through my mind. You know, it's always like, why not me? You know, what differentiates? Well, that person did it. You know, we look at, we live in a world of celebrity and, and, and Instagram and all these different things. And, but in most cases in real world, the difference between someone succeeding and not is because someone did it. And, you know, we all sit, you know, Monday through Friday, there's so many people that just, they don't enjoy what they do. Um, they're so excited for Friday to come, but then they can't enjoy their weekend because Monday is a couple days away. And they're just thinking about how miserable they are doing what they're doing. And we live in a world now of the side hustle through technology, um, you know, through different ways, whether it's e-commerce, whether it's, you know, um, writing or doing some, you know, consultant work, whatever it may be, there's multiple ways to actually make a living. Yeah. And, you know, hearing those stories about how people have transformed themselves or leaned into their discomfort, I think are so powerful. And although I'm launching this company, my I'm launching this because it's what I want to hear. I want to be enriched by people's stories and experiences. And, uh, and I'm really excited by it. I think, I think that this world, you know, really pushed themselves um, to feel great. And you don't know what like what it's like to feel that way until you feel that way. And, you know, there's never a finish line, right? You know, I think you and I have discussed this before together. It's what's next? How do you continue to go? Yeah. And I've gotten to a point where, you know, you talk about the marathon and, you know, people saying, well, why are you going to do it? And, you know, you've got kids and, you know, all these different things because they don't understand that feeling when you're by yourself and you finish that and whether you're in the shower or it's the next morning you're having coffee and you're thinking to yourself, I just ran a fucking marathon. And that's where it comes back where sort of you think to yourself, great job, you know, Michael, great job, Darren. And one of the things that's really interesting, there's, um, there's a, a concept of like, if you watch athletes, NBA players, football players, whoever it is, whenever they come off the bench, they high five each other and they sort of congratulations, right? Great job. Great job. Great job. And you're, it it brings out this um, endorphin that makes you feel good about yourself. That makes your teammate Mm -hmm. feel good. And there was a great book written by an author uh, by the name of Mel Robbins. And the whole concept behind it is like, She'd wake up in the morning and the first thing she would do is she would go to her mirror and she would just high five herself. And she said, Mel, you got this day. You're going to crush it today. Yeah. And these are the kind of things that, you know, have helped me, you know, push myself over the edge when I'm feeling discomfort. And it doesn't take an ultra. It doesn't take a marathon. It doesn't take even a 5K. 
it just takes putting a step forward and creating consistency and you'll start to feel good about yourself. You start to feel accomplished. And so if I can bring people's stories and experiences to this world to share with so many, you know, I think we can really do some really great stuff to uh, enhance and improve people's lives and, and take them to places beyond their own imagination. Holy shit, man. You're like, this is like uh, you're, you're preaching here, man. And I'm, I'm here for it, brother. I mean, this is so incredibly motivating. And this show is called the Inspiration Accelerator for a reason. Amen. I know that there are people listening to this that are like, they're going to high five themselves in the mirror. They're going to be questioning their doubt. They're going to sign up for that race. They're going to start that podcast. They're going to start that business. They're going to do that thing because of, because of what you're what you're sharing with us here. I'll, I'll, I'll get you out of here on this, man, because I've already taken... Uh, too much of your time, but do you, you know, this will come out in early 2023, but we're a few weeks away from the the start of the start of the new year right now. Do you set goals for the new year? Are you one of those people that's like, Hey, here's my, here's my word of the year. Here's the the physical challenge I'm going to do this year. This is how much, how much money I want to make. This is how I, I want to start a new business. Do you, do you do any sort of goal setting process like that? I do. It's sort of interesting, you know, over the years, like, you know, there, there's, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, I'm laughing a little bit because Thanksgiving to December 31st, historically in my life has been incredibly toxic. Um, <laughs> you know, I've had this thing. It's like, okay, well, it's, it's, it just ate, you know, for like, like, you know, I was going to my deathbed for five days straight, you know, with family and Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then you got the holiday parties and you got the dinners and you got all these different things. And, it's amazing the power of uh, how we set our minds to say, well, you know, 30 days from now is going to be the New Year's. So, you know, I'm not going to do anything now. And then come January 1st, I feel absolutely horrible. horrible. I've got no plan. No and plan. I basically start the year thinking, okay, great. I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to go do this. And, you know, yeah. just like everyone else, it's like, I feel like shit. So one of the things I think that's super important that's been really helpful for me to your point is you know, planning out, you know, ahead of time. And so I do do that. Um, I know this year coming up that I'm going to want to go ahead and I'm going to do, um, you know, uh, a handful of some type of endurance or some type of physical challenge. I'm looking forward to in the beginning of March, I'm going to do um, a four by four by 48, which came out of David Goggins, where I'm going to run uh, four miles every four hours for 48 hours straight. Um, yeah. I'm looking to do, um, <laughs> hold on. Don't, don't gloss over that. I know about the four by four by 48 for folks who don't, this is, it's a four mile run every four hours for 48 straight hours, which means, I mean, Darren, it's hard to sleep during this. You're, you're, you're going to be running at probably three in the morning through your neighborhood. I mean, this is, that's a serious challenge, man. Yeah, it's it's and it, these are the kind of things where for me, they just it's it's not going to necessarily be fun. Yeah, but it's a challenge and yeah. the post feeling and there's a great community, whether it's virtual or in, you know, people doing it all over the country or probably the world. But it's one of those challenges, um, which I'm really excited about. Um, then I'll probably. um there's a really cool event, which I know you're familiar with, called 29029, yeah, uh, yeah. where basically 
you know, you hike 29,029 feet uh, in a location in the United States, which is basically the same as climbing Mount Everest height-wise. Yeah. Uh, and that's a great community. And, um, and, and then really, I really want to, my focus is really, and I have a plan to really grow and spend a lot of time bringing Say No Doubt to life and bring it into people's lives. And uh, between that and, you know, I'm a, I'm a hockey dad. My, my youngest son is 17 and he's skating and playing hockey all over the country. So I'll be traveling a lot. Um, very important for me to make sure that I calendar out some family time. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, coming into January 1st, I am going to be uh, super focused on making sure that my goals and my calendar is completely set. And obviously there'll be some changes, um, you know, and add some things, maybe have to move a couple things, but I will be ready uh, for the new year, probably within the next three or four days. Yeah, I love that. We, uh, my wife and I are planning this weekend. We're, we're recording this on, um, on December 9th. My wife and I are planning this weekend. We already have our, we have a theme for every year. Uh, we have, you know, like, and we do a, a nightly meditation with our kids when I'm not home. I travel a lot. Um, my wife does it. Well, she'll FaceTime me in and we, we say the, whatever the mantra for the year is, we say it together. Our kids are, um, you know, like just they're, they're, they're aware of what we're focused on. Even if they don't totally get it I'll you know, I'll, when I'm home, I, I say to my kids, you know, Hey, win, win, win the day. You got to win today. Um, and, uh, we'll high five about it and, um, just can't encourage people enough. Right? Like listen to Darren's coaching and, you know, you, you folks will probably hear this in mid-February, but it's not too late. If you haven't done the things that Darren's describing, if you haven't calendared out your year, both with like physical things that you want to accomplish. And by the way, folks, it doesn't have to be to run an ultra, an ultra marathon, like, like Darren did. It could be to, you know, run three miles. If that's, if that's like a, a goal for you, like if that's a lot for you, like then that's your goal. It could be to write a book, right? It could be anything, but that, that family time, getting that family time calendared in there, what, what trips are we going to take? And again, this doesn't have to be like a financial thing. We're not saying you're taking your whole family to, to, you know, the South of France for three weeks. It could be, you could just, you know, you can go a, a few miles up upstate wherever you live. Right. And, you know, rent a cabin or something like that, but, um, or just take some day trips. We do a lot of day trips. Um, cause for us, it's, it's harder to do hotels with, you know, um, and Ted, he's, you know, he's, as he's getting older, some of that stuff becomes more manageable, but for years, it was really hard to do hotels and things like that. And he, you know, he'd be up the whole night and we'd be thinking about the other guests and how much noise he's making. And so, but we would do day trips. And so whenever you're hearing this folks, it's not too late. You hear this in May of next year, like, so set it up for the second half of the year, but you can really, um, plan stuff out and, and, uh, really take Darren's coaching, man. This, I mean, the theme, one of the themes of this call, Darren is like intentional, right? Be intentional, like do things intentionally, um, plan things out. And, um, I, I can't encourage the people listening to this, um, to, to do that. You know, I mean, I can't encourage you all enough to do that. It, it really matters. Yeah. The, uh, into your point, it doesn't have to be an ultra. It doesn't. You know what it can be? It can be, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to walk 30 minutes a day or yeah. you know, there's no, there's no right event. There's no right thing to train for. It's just yeah. consistently doing something that's going to improve your mindset, you know, in your quality of life. 
Yeah, I love that. I, I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave us on this thought. But I, I spoke to somebody the other day who his goal last year was to run a mile a day, and uh, he's he's pretty fast. So a mile for him takes him, you know, eight or so minutes. And he's like, "Yeah, eight minutes." He goes, I, "My my wife told me they they uh, they had their first child. His his wife's water broke, and uh, the doctor they called the doctor, and the doctor said, okay, um, you know, start start packing, or I guess they were already packing." And, um, but like, you know, you should make your way to the hospital kind of soon. And the guy's like, all right, I'll be back in eight minutes. And his wife was like, are you kidding me? And he's like, you know, uh, sorry, babe, it's the goal. Like I'm doing a mile a day for 365 straight days. I know people, you know, I do this. I'm sure you do it as well. My wife and I do one date night a month. And that, that sounds like it's probably not a lot, right? Cause 30, 31 days in a month, but 12 in stone date nights with my wife over the course of a year, man, if folks don't plan that out, I bet there are people listening to this that have, that have one or two or, or none, or they can't even think if they had it because that it's not, it's not planned out. So, man, Darren, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, man. I am inspired by you. I know our audiences as well. Can folks find you on social media? I know you're just launching say no to doubt. So I'm not sure if you have, email addresses and that stuff, but, but where can folks find you if they want to reach out and learn more about you? Yeah, they can, uh, they can find me at uh, say no to doubt.com. Great. Uh, and, uh, Darren at say no to doubt.com. And then you can look for me, uh, on LinkedIn and social media as well. Perfect. Well, Darren can't thank you enough for coming on the show, man. Incredible, incredible advice and wisdom. And, um, really, uh, I'm inspired by a man and I know our audiences as well. Um, for Darren, uh, I'm Michael Sonbert. This was the Inspiration Accelerator. We'll see you all next week uh, with another incredible guest. Darren, thanks so much for coming on. And everybody else, keep on rocking. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode. Please look out for a new episode with a new guest every week. This was the Inspiration Accelerator with Michael Sonberg.